Welcome to the Thriving Wellness Podcast, where we encourage and empower everyone to live their lives up to their true potential and share valuable conversations that are translated into action steps for the lifestyle that makes you thrive. Here are your hosts, Ryan and AJ. Welcome to Thriving Wellness Podcast. And today we have Di Manuel. And he's a, he's a very, very interesting dude. And uh, first of all, he's a super dad who's dating his wife. That's something different, isn't it? And currently doing life with his family around the globe. So we're both in Bali today. I know why we're not together. We're still on the computer. But hey, that's how it works. And he is also an award-winning digital thought leader, distinguished Toastmaster, accomplished author, executive performance coach, and certified lifestyle mentor who empowers people to lead a functionally, as in functionally, you get it, <laughs> fit life through education, encouragement, and community. So Dai's models, um, Dai models his work based on five Fs, fitness, family, finances, faith, and overreaching roof of fun built on rock solid foundation of health. So that's Dai, and we're going to dive right in. So where do those Fs come from? You know, well, one alliteration. I love that. I'm uh, being the writer that I am, and uh, it, it was just a nice way of sort of communicating the framework through which my family and I live. You know, and it, I like to go as far as to say thrive versus just surviving, right? And, and so I, I like visualizations to sort of give people um, just a representation, at least a, a picture to represent their lives. And, and so, if you will, like in my situation, it's the foundation is health, you know, it's upon which you know this better than I like health is, is a beautiful foundation to build a life because when you're healthy, you can pretty much do whatever else you want. I mean, as far as making money, well, if you're healthy, you have the ability to make money, right? When you're not healthy, well, the ability to make money definitely is compromised. It's not quite the same. And so on top of this foundation, there's four walls making the home. Fitness, faith, finances, and family, you know, the pillars, if you will. And then there's a roof of fun. So that's sort of how we represent our life, my family and I. Uh, I wrote a book called The Whole Life Fitness Manifesto, which is 28 Days to Improving Your Life through uh, fitness, faith, and finances, as well as family. You know, I, I focus in on these pillars. And, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it just sort of kick-started this journey that my family and I embarked on about five years ago globe trotting and uh, just trying to meet cool people like you aj oh thanks i appreciate it man <laughs> yeah so what about what about health you know uh all all people have different definition of health what is health to you you know being able to show up as my authentic real self the best version of me and do it in a way that my energy is in alignment with the things that I want. You know, I think a lot of us want certain things, you know, and maybe you haven't been asked that lately, but I know when I'm working with clients or I'm just meeting someone for the first time, like, Hey, what do you want for your life? You know, and people are like, Whoa, well, that's a big question. I'm like, yep. <laughs> but I like to ask that question because <clears throat> I'm always curious, what are people's motivations or what are their inspirations for, for creating what they create? And when you start to look at health and our well-being our ability to actually go after what we want, there's a huge variance. You know, some people that I work with, they're 40, 50 pounds overweight, you know, 20, 25 kilos, too heavy. They know that. It affects their energy. It affects their mood. It affects their relationship. It affects their careers, their businesses. Like, I mean, it plays into so many other arenas. And so for me, that healthy foundation is critical. Being able to just show up as me, as the person I want to be or want to become, and doing it in a way that my energy is in alignment with those passions, the visions, my purpose, if you will. And, and so for me, that's health. <clears throat> I mean, you know, you got to be financially healthy. You got to be spiritually healthy. You got to be mentally healthy, physically healthy. So I, I look at it in many different arenas. And, and then fitness is just really my ability to improve in those areas. My, my ability to see positive adaptation or change. And that's what I mean by fitness. You know, it's like, what's my financial fitness? Am I healthy financially? Can I work on myself from a fitness standpoint to improve that area? What do I need to do? Who do I need to get around? What do I have to start to, to believe? And uh, so that's just what my basic understanding of it is. 
Gotcha, man. No, that's that's profound because you know fitness. Uh, people see fitness as only working out, but as you were saying, it's uh, financial fitness, it's mental fitness. All of it, it kind of goes uh, goes into into one um, one area. And uh, when so when you were saying that all of it, uh, all the improvements that have to be made, uh, how do other people play their role in in that progression? Like how do uh, other people get involved? And what's the value of having, let's say, a coach like you to be involved in that um, in that journey? Well, you know, it's an interesting question, actually. Because, I mean, I know you work as a coach and a mentor as well. And I, I tend to go more from a mentorship standpoint. I, I tend to attract people that are either currently dealing with challenges that are similar to challenges I've I've personally worked through myself uh, or helped other clients. So I, I tend to have a certain level of experience with what I help people with, especially from a coaching standpoint. And so it involves more of a mentorship type relationship. Mm. Uh, but even as a coach, I, I, I'm very good at helping people discover answers to questions that they probably already know the answer to. It's just that it's not front of mind. So, you know, as a coach, we ask a lot of questions. And, you know, this question you just asked of me is, when I first start working with somebody, you know, there's, there's some expectations that I like to, to, to set and really create, if you will. One is, you know, what they can expect from me of uh, being as someone that's there to help and, and support them in achieving some of these changes they want or some of these things that they want to, to create or, or go after in their life. And, and to realize that I am not there to judge. I am not there to cast shame or blame. I'm simply there from a place of love and support and to be that unbiased voice that's there to, to ask some tough questions at times. So that's what they can expect from me. But then there's also what I expect of them. And that's an important one to cover because I do, I have high expectations. And the funny thing is, is my expectations of them should nowhere be as high as the expectations they have of themselves. But often it is because they've lost that connection with self, that, that, true understanding of oneself. As Maslow said, self-actualization is it's that peak of the pinnacle of that pyramid, right, that he talked about in this ability of really knowing ourselves and what we want and that we are able to create whatever the hell we want, right? It sounds rather woo-woo. I should be living in Ubud, not in Changu with this kind of talk. But you know what I mean? Like it's my expectations of them is that they trust the process, right. they trust in themselves, right. and they're willing to fully commit. To, to actually following through on some different ways of doing things. Because clearly what they've been doing up to now hasn't been working. So we both agree that things have to change a little bit. Maybe we add in some things. Maybe we take away some things. Maybe we continue to do some things. But either way, there's going to be a shift. And they have to be ready to make that. And then lastly, they have to, to, to really uh, come to an understanding of what they expect from themselves. And uh, that one's the hard one, right? I mean, you know this, AJ, is why do people come to us? Well, it's to hold them accountable, to ask them, well, you said you were going to do this, and now you didn't do it. Why? You know, if it was just them asking that question of themselves, <laughs> it's really easy to let themselves off the hook, right? Like, it really is. I mean, I know what it's like. If I'm trying to hold myself accountable to something I've made, I, man, excuses happen sometimes. It's like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I don't really want to do that. Yeah, I'd rather watch that. Today, you know? I, I always we I think we discussed this uh, <laughs> before before this interview. But uh, how is that that contracts with other people are more important than contracts with ourselves? Now that's that sounds a bit crazy and doesn't it's not logical. But uh, why do you think that is? I mean, we can. Well, you, you know, there's all sorts of reasons, uh, and I think a lot of the time it's highly subjective. It depends on the individual. Right. And they have to be willing to be really honest with themselves as well as whoever's asking the question. But at the end of the day, if we don't share our desires with anybody, there's no concern of failure, at least not to the same level. Right. I mean, failure is, is we can recognize failure in ourselves and we can have a fear of failure, a fear of making mistakes, a fear of screwing up, a fear of not achieving the things that we said we want to achieve. But if we're the only ones that's ever said that thing to us or thought that desire, well, it's easy to ignore. It's easy to distract 
right? To, to avoid dealing with the hard question of, well, I said this is something that I wanted, yet I'm not doing the things that I know I ought to be doing to achieve those. Whose fault is that? Well, we all know there's only one person to blame for that situation. And it's the person looking you back in the mirror, right? Like, it's like straight up. It's like, well, I own it. I can't, I can try externalizing and blaming everything outside of myself. But really at the end of the day, we've got to be a hundred percent accountable for our own actions. We do. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's profound. And uh, how do you approach it? Let's say you don't uh, have a coach. You don't have someone to keep you accountable. Um, Maybe it's because you choose not to, or uh, maybe you can't afford it. Um, And again, uh, that's also uh, the different rabbit hole that we can, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So what's, uh, how do you approach, what's, what are the action steps to keep yourself accountable? Uh, how, how do you approach it? Well, you know, for me, it's really asking myself, how bad do I want to make the changes? You know, like, and being honest with myself, like is, is not making the changes that I know I want to make right now going to make my life better or make it worse. You know, because this idea of life not changing and staying the same is bull. Like, it's just crap, right? Like, we both know that if it's not moving forward, it's moving backwards. You're either progressing or you're regressing, but you're never staying the same because the law of entropy says that energy is energy. It just changes. Everything's changing, you know? And uh, so we have to accept that. That's a universal truth. I mean, there's no getting around this. You know, like everything is going to die, right? Like we are going to die. And uh, so once you get really honest with yourself and you accept that, then you can start asking yourself, well, geez, am I okay with regressing? Am I okay with moving backwards? Am I okay with not achieving some of these things that I want to achieve? And if you're okay about that, then own it and accept it and then stop doing anything about it. Don't complain <laughs> that you're 20 pounds overweight. Don't complain, oh, this dress looks, makes me look fat. I never want to hear it. You know, I don't. I don't want to hear it. I don't care because you're, I mean, just accept it. That's who you are right now. And if you're not happy about who you are, well, then what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know, and then do something about it. I mean, it, it sounds really simple. But it is that simple. And so my thing is, is like, I just don't want people to complain, you know, because there's a lot of energy that we waste complaining about current situation about where we're at. And yet, if we took half as much energy as what we spend complaining with actually doing something about it, we would see that we actually start progressing. We start to see change. And, and, and so it comes down to that, right? That realization that, wow, you know, I could complain about being 20 pounds overweight or I could actually just go to the gym or start eating a little bit differently, maybe hiring a coach to give me a program, you know, and that actually might get me not so overweight. I might start to see some weight become released. I might start coming stronger. I might handle stress better. I might actually see uh, that confidence in myself come back to what it used to be. You know, I see this a lot with my female clients. You know, they've lost that self-confidence, that physical confidence in themselves. They avoid themselves being in photos. They avoid looking at themselves in the mirror. You know, they, they don't get intimate with their husbands anymore. They turn the lights off when they want to be intimate. You know, like they, there's just these little things that have changed over a span of 10, 20, some cases, 30 years. But at any given time, there's an opportunity to change things for a positive. You can actually make a change. You can get back to how things work. It'll never be the same. It will always be different. But in this present moment, it can be closer to what it was like. You can get closer to that feeling of self-confident and self-reliant and that you got this. And, uh, but you got to choose it and then you got to follow through with some actions. And that is the bottom line. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I just, yeah, it's all, everything, everything that you said, like the, it's, that's what it is. It's just one missing component, action at the end of the day. Uh, but, you know, there are so many action steps that you can take and we're buried, literally buried in information these days. How, how the hell do you choose it? Where do you go? Where do you go for help? Where do you start? Whew, well, that's a good question. I mean, where do you start, right? Like, I, I guess, um, like anything, finding a coach or a mentor is a good place, but I don't think, you know, I know making that investment in oneself, especially if we're just getting started, can seem a bit daunting because we're so used to failing 
we, we are like, let's be honest. Like we're used to spending money, like buying a gym membership <laughs> that we never go. And so we, we all might think, well, I've bought courses before. I've never done them. I didn't follow through on them. I spent money and didn't utilize the investment. So we're used to putting money out and not getting results right. in so many different ways in our life. And so it intimidates people, that idea of making a commitment, right? But ultimately, they're not just saying yes to a coach or to a mentor or to some program. They're actually saying yes to themselves. But the problem is we don't trust ourselves. <laughs> we don't believe that we're, we're worth it because we don't believe we'll do the work. And if that's where people are coming from in, in just getting started is a fear or, or of a lack of commitment to oneself and following through, there's some mindset shifts that have to start happening. And so I would look at one, who's your association? Who are you hanging around with the most? You know, Jim Rohn talked about this idea that we're, we're the net sum of the five people that we hang around the most. And if that net sum is net sum zero, well, that's not so good. You know, you, we can only get the way up. And so we should look at leveling up some of the association, get around people that challenge us to be better, challenge us for doing some of the things and some of the habits that we have right now. Some of the things that we say about ourselves, I, I, I even hear some close family members sometimes they beat themselves up. They say negative comments about themselves all the time. This voice that's normally inside their head is now outside their head, speaking it to other people. And I'm like, why do you say that about yourself? I love you. I love who you are. I accept you for who you are. And it hurts me to hear you talk about yourself that way. Right. You know, and, and it's just because they're around people, you know, that, that don't uplift them. Don't, don't see in them who they see in themselves. And so when you start identifying some of these limiting beliefs and some of these limiting patterns and some of these associations, you realize that you just got to start doing things a bit differently. That's all, you know, so start filling your head with some positive thoughts, probably pick up some good books, you know, some books that are going to challenge you to become better, going to provide you with new ideas on how to do that, uh, as well as there's courses out there that you could possibly enroll in. Um, I, I even think one better is you find a club, an offline club, not just something online, not another Facebook or a LinkedIn group. Like, I know there's lots of those. It's great. I run a couple of them, too. <laughs> I'm not saying it won't help you. But there's something that can be achieved when you're in person with other people that are of like mind or of a positive mindset. It's contagious. Absolutely. You get around those people and you want to be better. Like I love Toastmasters. You know, it's a global organization. It's nonprofit, super cheap to be a part of it, but it's there to help you become a better leader and a better communicator. Ultimately, just a better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And just in going through that process of getting around that audience, you too will start to see yourself differently. And it's amazing because you open up that door just to crack. All it takes is one gust of wind to blow it wide open. It's just you got to find out <laughs> where do you find those gusts of wind. And I find a lot of time it's based on association, who you're getting around. Uh, so th those are some little things that people can start with. And if you want to read a great book, um, there's an inspiring book by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. Yeah. And it's, it's great. You know, I love it because, I mean, he's – he breaks the mold when it comes to motivation and just really, I mean, the guy has done some amazing things and uh, you know, he's got his own podcast so people can go hear his story there. But uh, if you read his book, it's great. And uh, he's got something called the accountability mirror where, you know, he, he looks in the mirror every day, but he writes negative messages to himself. <laughs> and I know AJ, this is a bit of your strategy too. I know that you, you go with more of the shadow self and the shadow talk you know, more of that negative talk to, to find the motivation and inspiration. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, need that, I need that dark energy sometimes to yeah. get me going. Yeah. And, and that's, but for you, that works. And, and I think most times people just aren't willing to explore different avenues to figure out what is it that's going to help them. They try one thing and it doesn't work. So they give up. Right. right? And the problem is, is it, it's not one shoe, one size fits all, as they say, you know, like it, you, you got to go and try a few different things. You got to get around different people. You got to find what inspires you because it's going to take motivation to get you there, but it's going to take inspiration to keep you there. And I think that is probably one of the most profound things I've ever read. I didn't read it that way, but that's basically what was implied by the quote. You know, it, we, we have only so much inspiration and willpower, or sorry, motivation and willpower in us. Once we exhaust that supply, we're left to our own volition. And whatever our default way of thinking is takes over. Uh, so if our default's like, I want to eat something sugary, something sweet, 
you know, something savory and sit on the couch and watch Netflix for five hours. Well, that's going to take over, you know, because we haven't created a new normal. And uh, that's where inspiration can be really useful. It helps us overcome those urges that we have because it's something from within inspiring us to change. We don't just have to motivate ourselves by something outside of ourselves. You know, and they call this intrinsic and extrinsic motivators. And we could go all into all the psychology of this, but at the end of the day, you just got to find shit that motivates you, inspires you. All right, man. Yeah. So uh, I know that you also practice what you preach yourself. So uh, you have gone through some change. And uh, can you share what, what are some, some of the biggest changes you've lived through and how it impacted you as, you as a person? Geez, well, there's a few of them, and they've all sucked. Because <laughs> I got to let people know, like, the, when you're going through it, it's like nothing's worse, right? Like, when, we're, when we hit that sort of psychological, and sometimes it, it is the real, you know, and we, we can say it's psychological, it's all in our head, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, sometimes it's also physical, but we hit that rock bottom. Mm. It feels like there's nowhere else to go, you know, and, and uh, it's not a happy place to be. And when I was 14, I had my first experience with that, and uh, I was morbidly obese as a teenager. So I'm really, really overweight. And I got there over five years of, of eating a lot of food, uh, especially sugary uh, treats, if you will, a lot of really calorie-dense foods, but very nutritionally poor. And, uh, you know, so I got to a, a, quite a, a state of unhealth and uh, inflammation in my body was quite high. Uh, I had asthma, I didn't, my joints hurt. I didn't feel motivated to do anything other than sit on a couch, watch movies and play video games. Also, I noticed that I was very um, introverted because I didn't want to do anything social. And because, of course, being in the state of uh, health that I was, or unhealth, if you will, I, I just didn't want to do anything, you know. And uh, so I was withdrawal. And eventually got to a point where one day I just I saw myself uh, naked in the mirror after I got out of the shower. And uh, I broke down in tears. I did not like who was looking back at me. I, I was disgusted and depressed and uh, suicidal. You know, I, I had some fairly dark thoughts. And uh, to be honest, AJ, the, the idea of suicide scared me, that idea of death, the finality. It's still something that I struggle with today is this idea of death. Well, what does that mean, you know? And uh, so I, I decided, well, either I accept who I am, that guy looking back at me, which was not an option, or I start to make some changes. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, the, the, the pain of, of changing at that moment far outweighed the pain of not changing. And because of that, I, I started doing things a little bit differently. Unfortunately, my parents, you know, they, I got to give them massive credit because they supported me at that time. They, I said I wanted to start getting healthier. So they were like, okay, well, what can we do? And so they went out with me and they bought me a brand new mountain bike. I started to ride it every day. Uh, they then bought me a gym membership. I started going to the gym. Uh, they drove me to the library of all places because this is pre-Google. I'm totally dating myself right now, but I, I had to take books out of the library on nutrition and fitness. And uh, it wasn't like a website I could go learn this stuff. I had to go into the library and get books. And my kids still laugh when I tell them this. And I go like, oh, what the hell is that? You're a loser. <laughs> like, no, there was these places where you go and get books. And, uh, uh, and so, you know, it took almost two years. It was about 20, just a little over 20 months to, to realize the changes and, and to, to live into this new way of being or this new lifestyle, uh, which incorporated a foundation of health. You know, I started reinforcing that foundation every day. All my decisions, all my, my filters were, is this going to make me healthier? Is this going to make me unhealthier? That's how I looked at everything. And so I really worked on the physical. You know, I was 14 at the time, almost 15. My motivation was I wanted a girlfriend. Okay. If I really boil it down to what was my big motivator, it was like, I just wanted a girl to want me. And, uh, unfortunately for me, I, you know, all that came to fruition. And, uh, when I made those changes, I ended up dating up a couple grades because girls that were in my grade that knew me still thought of me as the fat kid, right? They, they just couldn't shake it. That way, the person I was in the past, which is very, telling now because we see this a lot a lot of us that are very set in our ways and our, our, our belief of certain things even though sometimes it gets changed right in front of our eyes we still believe what we used to believe we, we're not willing to accept the new and uh, so i found that with a lot of my relationships i ended up finding new association new friends um, and uh, they didn't judge me because they didn't know who i was before 
And uh, so I made those changes. And uh, fast forward a few years, I moved across the country from Toronto to Vancouver because uh, I just wanted to redefine and start anew. And uh, a lot of years changed and uh, got into a career in fitness and just really I got into coaching and mentoring people because uh, I went through that process myself. I had a few people that helped me along the way and inspired me to help others. And uh, you know, it's been over 20 years of me doing this stuff now. So yeah, that, that was sort of the catalyst, the big one that changed me. But I've overcome alcohol and narcotic addiction. And gosh, uh, I, I live with a chronic autoimmune disease. Man, I got like lots of stuff. This could be a real, you know, dumper Dave call or a pressing call. But I, no, I, absolutely, absolutely, like uh, especially especially living with uh, autoimmune disease. That's something that uh, that is valuable. What are the lessons you learn? What's what what is it like? Uh, just yeah, if you don't mind talking about it. Well, you know, autoimmune disease, and you know this, AJ, better than most based on your expertise and your area of focus, like inflammation is crazy, um, what it does in the body. And a lot of the things that we eat and a lot of the ways that we move or don't move our body, the way that we deal with certain stresses in our life, creates a lot of inflammation. And, you know, when you, our bodies are highly inflamed, it, autoimmune diseases love it. You know, they're just like, go time. Let's just start breaking everything. Let's start making things work the way it's meant to work. Let's start attacking ourselves because right. we can't tell what's good and what's not. I mean, it's, it's all out chaos in our bodies when we get to that point. And so with me, it's uh, autoimmune neutropenia, which means uh, uh, neutrophils is what your uh, bone marrow. So our, our bone marrow produces a lot of neutrophils. And so if you get a cut or a scrape on your arm, people probably, you know, have you ever fallen off your bike or your skateboard and you scrape your knee and you get all that white stuff coming up to the cut, the pus, that's usually filled with neutrophils, and that's what neutralizes the bacteria and prevents infection. Well, I don't have any of that. My body kills off that stuff quicker than my bone marrow can produce it. And so when I was first diagnosed, it was because I did a tough mutter. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, AJ. I'm a big dude, and I don't like to run, though. And because uh, my thighs, they rub up against each other when I run. I just hate it. I always get chafed. So I got this thing and then I sat in the hot tub that night to sort of rest my body and it got infected. You know, hot tubs are dirty. <laughs> They're really full of bacteria. And I didn't know this at the time. And was, so, you know, you take a guy that's got a compromised immune system, you put him into something that's very dirty, like a dirty hot tub. Uh, I got infected. I was hospitalized for eight days, eight days. And uh, my body went into systemic shock and everything was shutting down. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. They thought I had like leukemia or something. And uh, so they, they started giving me all these antibiotics and, uh, and you know, antibiotics. Those just create even more complications. And anyways, fast forward a couple of years of bouncing in and out of hospitals and trying to figure out what was going on. Um, they finally gave me a loose diagnosis that it was autoimmune neutropenia. Started giving me an, a biologic, uh, an injection that I would have to take once a week that would temporarily relieve some of the symptoms. It would get my bone marrow overproducing neutrophils. So you hear my bones start to ache because I take this injection because they're producing, they're overproducing neutrophils, right. just, just enough that my body couldn't kill it off fast enough, right? So temporarily I'd have this little bloop, I'd have a little bit of neutrophils, and, uh, but it's soon enough, you know, as soon as the injection wears off, it would dip again and crash. Mm. Uh, so I started working with a functional medicine guy. And you, you and I sort of talked about functional medicine and sort of its benefits and because I was just living uh, my life a certain way. I was eating a certain way to reduce inflammation. I was moving to try to move my body. I was practicing regular recovery and, and um, uh, recovery practices, mind, uh, and you know, meditation and walking. I just, I was doing all sorts of stuff to make sure that the symptoms never came around. And you know, people with autoimmune diseases, you you can do a lot if you just start living your life a little bit differently. You start eating a little bit differently. You start to focus on stress management a little bit differently. And uh, but I started working with these functional medicine guys, and they're like, well, let's try to get to the root cause of this. Let's try to figure out what's actually creating this autoimmune disease. And right. so they started working with me and, you know, all my hormone profiles, my, my vitamin profiles, like omega profile, like everything, you know, even right down to my DNA testing. And, and they are able to come back with a, a, a protocol and they call it their superhuman protocol where yeah. they literally, yeah, it was really cool, but they, they tweak my, my nutrition. They also tweak my supplement regimen based on what my body you know, and, uh, and it's worked really, really well. And I also changed how I trained. So I used to be cross it, you know, six days a week, go, 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 go. And uh, that was also breaking down my 
body. Uh, I just wasn't having enough recovery time and it just, it was just too much. And uh, so I adapted how I train. I still do a bit of CrossFit, but I do other things as well. And uh, yeah, so I've just learned to live with it, man. Like it's there, but it doesn't own me. It doesn't define me. It doesn't limit me, which a lot of people let their diseases limit them. And I'm like, no, I, I'm, you will not be the boss of me. Like <laughs> I am going to live a good life, a great life. And, and I just make certain choices to keep me more in the healthy zone than the unhealthy zone. Gotcha. Gotcha. No. So, uh, and in terms of living, living with that, and then, uh, as you were, as you were saying, people, a lot of people have self-limiting beliefs, limitations that they create in your head. Uh, do you, do you think when you're working with your clients, uh, do you share that story with them? Is it something that, uh, helps them to overcome their, usually the problems that a lot of people have are way, way lesser. For example, you mentioned David Goggins. So sometimes you, uh, it's nice to see that someone struggled way more than you have and they still yeah. made it and they have yes. no reason not to. Do you think that's, that's helpful or it's, or if, is it a um, negative motivator? Yeah, it depends on the individual, right? Like it's it's one of those things where it sort of reminds me of the Me Too movement, right? Like it's, and I, I think it's an amazing movement. Don't get me wrong, right? But but it it really encouraged other people to say, "Hey, yeah, me too. I've I've had that same experience." And it's this idea of relating and empathizing, right? And uh, and then of course taking a stand to say, "Hey, no more." Uh, so I think there's value in sharing these stories and and, and sharing where we've been able to, to achieve wins in our own life because a lot of us, you know, we like to think that our problems are unique, <laughs> that, you know, this problem I'm having, it's all mine. No one else can even just me, nobody else. Yeah. It, like we are that way, aren't we? We're so egocentric. It's hilarious. Mm. And, uh, and I mean, I'm in my forties now, so it's taken me a while to figure this out because trust me, in my twenties, this conversation would have been very different. There's a reason I was a really bad personal trainer in my twenties because I couldn't understand the guys in their thirties and forties. I couldn't relate. I was like, dude, no pain, no gain. Come on, buttercup. <laughs> let's, let's go. All you know, I just, out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand. I couldn't relate. And, uh, now I totally appreciate it. I understand. I know so much more now than I did 20 years ago based on life's experiences and just this idea of learning and growing. And, uh, and so with that, it, it's this idea of hopefully meeting people where they're at and letting them know they're not alone and what they're dealing with isn't so unique that there's no one else of the 7 billion plus people on the planet that haven't dealt with something similar. You know, you're, you're not that special. <laughs> like, you know, and, and some people take that the wrong way. Right. And I'm like, no, just, just, it's okay. It's actually a good thing that we're that similar because when we see somebody else prove that you can do something different, it's amazing what happens. Think about Bannister, right? What did he do? Freaking broke the four minute mile. And then what happened? And then 10 other people broke it within... Yeah. Yeah, like a month, like within a month, four, a bunch of people did it. And then, like now it's like, it's just a standard benchmark. It's like, oh, you want to be a pro like one miler? Well, you better be able to do a sub four minute, you know, you better, you can't, well then forget about it. You know, like we're going to get you into something else. But it's amazing what happens when our perception and our beliefs are challenged and someone else actually overcomes that, right? And, right. and we're like, okay, well, I guess this idea that I've been locked on, this excuse that I believed that was the thing preventing me, well, it's no longer an excuse. Now it's just my own justification for actually not doing what I should be doing. <laughs> you know? And uh, so, yeah, sometimes I share the story, sometimes I don't. It, it really depends on the individual and what I've determined is going to help them given the, the thing that they're dealing with right now. It, it's, it's highly subjective. It's kind of choose your own adventure. You know, I, I ask a lot of questions, AJ, and you're asking a lot of good questions today. I got to give you that. And, uh, you got me thinking about a lot of stuff, but really it's the questions that we ask, right? Right. No, absolutely. And as you were saying, creating justifications is just, just to make, make ourselves feel better. Uh, that's, that's all it is. It's not really, it's not really valid. No excuses are, are valid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cause they are, they're, that's why they're called excuses. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like something completely, uh, I mean, I think the thing is, is what I like to ask people is like, if somebody else that you knew or loved was going to give you this reason for why they couldn't do what you know, you've already said you want to do, what would you do? What would you say to them? What, what would you do to support them? 
they're like, well, no, I wouldn't stand for that. And it's like, you know, I, I see this a lot with, with some of the people I train in sales. Like I, I was in sales for like 20 years. So I, I tend to still do a lot of business coaching, business development, and just sales coaching, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like I always ask people, I'm like, okay, well, you're not showing up on time for meetings. So, it, you know, what's your reason? Well, this, this, and this. I'm like, well, if your staff came and gave you that same one, what would you do? Oh, well, I would do this. I, I, I give, I write them up. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you got a total double standard here. Like, what the you're hell? Yourself right now. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, you know, this is how you're living your life. You know, because my wife, like, when I overcame my my issue with with alcohol, I just had a bad relationship with alcohol and drugs, man. Just as if there's a good relationship. You know, I'm not right. implying there is a good or a bad. Like, there's no morality here. But I know for myself, I was abusing. The, as a way to deal with stress. Like for me, it was just stress relief. I was like, okay, I conditioned myself believing that, hey, I'll drink a bottle of wine and everything will be okay and I won't feel as stressed anymore. But, you know, it only compounds the negative and uh, the next day I'm now hung over and stressed. So <laughs> I didn't really deal with the issue. And it made it worse. Zeal is a positive, right? <laughs> well, well, you know, we, we think that sometimes. And, uh, we, and even, I mean, I was going through all the motions and uh, the results weren't changing. And Einstein had a belief about that. And we called it insanity. Doing the same thing day out, day out, expecting a different result. Um, I didn't get a different result. And, um, but when I think back and overcoming that, you, you know, it took my wife asking me a real serious question one day. And that question was just enough to shift me when I realized I wasn't living into who I expected others to be. You know, I would expect other people to live to a high standard. And yet I was letting myself off the hook. You know, what was that she question? asked me, well, she, she looked at me. So I've got two daughters. They're now in their teens. They're 14 and 16 now. But back then they were four and six. So this is, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife looked me in the eye and she said, are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, yeah. Uh, pardon the, the, the pun, but it was very sobering to be asked that question because I literally realized at that moment I was not being that guy and that, yeah, I would expect someone of extremely high standards to be able to take my daughters as a potential wife one day or as a partner, you know, expect that kind of a person in their life. I wouldn't expect anything else. Meanwhile, I wasn't being that myself. I was like, Ooh, Ooh, I don't like how I feel right now. (laughs) You know, like it was just like, I really don't like this. This is very uncomfortable. My normal reaction would be to go drink a bottle of wine, but instead, you know, I, I did what was even harder at that time. And I decided I'm going to commit to a year of no drinking and no drugs. Just one year. I'm just like, I'm going to prove to myself I don't need this stuff. I can deal with my stress and all these other issues in a more constructive way. And uh, that year has now turned into 10. You know, and it's like, uh, and I don't want to talk about addiction because I, I have a very different view on addiction. I don't believe in the 12-step programs. I, I don't. I'm just not a supporter of that, that methodology. Um, I, I tried a couple meetings and I realized this, this is not for me and I don't agree with what it goes. Um, and I'm not here to polarize your audience or get them saying one or the other, but I just want to let you know that uh, I, I, I did not use Full reference. Yeah. 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 And I just, just, that, that was for me. And I, 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 I help a lot of people in this stuff now. And, uh, I, and I just want people to know if you, if you are at a, in that kind of a support group. And if it's serving you and you're getting the results that you want, then great. But if you're not, I want to let you know there's other ways of doing it. So that's it. Absolutely, man. So now that question uh, took you out of the funk, out of the light that you didn't want to live. So what are, yeah. what are the questions now that are guiding you through your oh. life currently? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a question of a questions. I like it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, well, there's a few, you know, if I, I, I like to rip this one from Steve Jobs, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, during the Stanford address, he shares a little bit about this. And if you haven't watched the Stanford address, it's awesome. It's like a YouTube video from like 2004, 2005. And just to give you some context, so Steve Jobs, I mean, most people know he was the founder of Apple, um, but he passed away from pancreatic cancer, you know, and ultimately took his life. But the first time he was diagnosed with it, he actually went into remission. And so he thought he beat it. And uh, during this phase of of being thinking that he's in the clear, this is when he took on this opportunity to to give the Stanford address at Stanford University, you know, the graduating address to the graduating class. 
And it's a very powerful speech, one of the most powerful ones I've ever heard. And in it, he talks about looking in the mirror every day. And every morning he would look at himself in the mirror and say, you know, if, if am I excited? Basically, am I happy to be doing the things that I'm about to do today? Like I'm paraphrasing, but he basically just asked like of himself, you know, am I excited to do the things that I'm about to do today? If this was the last day of my life, would I be excited to do what I've got planned on my agenda today? And if he was saying no too many days in a row, he knew he had to make a change. And I think that's a powerful one. You know, like if, when you wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, I've got a day. My agenda is full today. I've got all this stuff I'm committed to. If this was my last day of life, would I be jazzed and excited to do what I'm about to do today? I think a lot of us, if we were really honest with ourselves, would be like, fuck no. <laughs> I, I don't want to do this. I don't like this. No. I mean, a lot of us go to jobs we hate, right? We do it. We go to get a paycheck. So we have money to be able to do things that we want to do on the weekend or with our two-week vacation every year. Like it's, it's crazy, right? But we just do it and do it and do it. I mean, I was in that rat race too. And I just realized, well, I want to make some changes. So I made some changes. Um, they were scary. They still are scary. I don't have it all figured out yet. But you know what? You I feel a lot better for it. I feel better for it. Like, because now I can ask myself, hey, if this is my last day to live, would I be excited to do what I'm doing today? I'm like, yeah, I'm with my family. I've been traveling the world. I get to talk to really cool people like AJ on the podcast. You know, I get to go to the beach after this and go to the gym. Mentorship Monday, hang with a bunch of cool dudes. Like, yeah, I I would do what I'm going to do today. You know, and that's a very different answer than what I could have given you five years ago. So, So it's definitely one of the questions. And some of the other ones are like, am I... am I living into my best version? You know, am I actually making choices that are in alignment with some of the things that matter to me? Right? Like, I think some of us are asked the question, Hey, what do I want? And we we start to give a laundry list of stuff that we want. Um, But then, you know, when it really gets down to it and we ask ourselves, well, why do I want that? Why is that important to me? You know, I heard you the other night talk about this, this idea of the five whys, you know, Simon Sinek's really good with that. I, I love how he frames that up and start with why. And, this idea of just pulling back the layers, right? To take from Shrek and donkey's conversations, like, like an onion, you know, you just got to peel back the layers, but you just got to keep asking them, well, why does that matter? Why does that matter? And eventually you might get to a point where it's like, well, you know what, it actually really doesn't matter. Well, then why do we lock onto it? Like it's the end of the world. Like this is all that matters. And uh, when you start really questioning some of the things that you want, you might find out that you actually don't want them. Like, right. Sometimes it's or, just for what that may actually know, what provide. Do, what it takes. To get them. Yes, that's right. That's right. Because the motivation is not strong enough that it, you're not feeling inspired to go for those those things, and that's okay too. If you're not, well, what are what does inspire you? You know, like what inspires me? Well, it inspires me to talk to cool people doing cool stuff. It inspires me to 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 want to do more of my life. You know, I get inspired by my kids every day. You know, they're 14 and 16 now, and they're like little people achieving their own dreams, their own visions carving out their own life, just doing things that are great. And I'm like, man, I want to do more of my life. You know, I'm at 42 now. I'm, I'm closer to, to man, I often joke with it, but you know, I'm further away from 20. Like they're closer to 20 than I am now. And uh, there was that realization when I turned 40, I was like, oh man, they're going to be 20. Like I, I'm way further ahead. I'm never going to be closer to 20 than they are. You know, and uh, 20 was that magical age and 40 was the same for me. It was 20 and then 40. Those are the big shifts in my years were those years. So, uh, yeah, man. Anyways, there's lots of stuff. We could go all day about questions, but I think people have to ask themselves, what questions motivate me? You know, like, what do I need to be asked every day? What do I have to ask myself every day to get me excited about doing what I'm about to do? Right. No, that's, that's amazing. And the, the discomfort, I mean, again, like we always try to give people action steps, how to do it. Yeah what to do, uh, how do I implement this? So uh, three things that you think yeah. could take away from this conversation and implement <laughs> into their lives straight away. All right. Well, you know, I, I know for some people, like I, I got to share, I, th- I think the coach idea, finding someone to support you. Like if you're struggling achieving certain things in your own life, you know, like you've been trying and trying and trying, but you feel like it's two steps forward, one step back. So like the growth or the, the, the results just aren't coming at a speed like you expected. 
you have to ask yourself, you know, am I doing this the best way I can be doing it? Mm-hmm. A lot of times what happens is people come to coaches or mentors. And I think about some of the biggest growth in my own life. It happened. Um, I'm sorry. I think I froze there. Am I still, can you still hear me? Yeah, you're good. So when I made that commitment, you know, to a coach, I was actually making a commitment to myself that I'm worth it. I'm worth the investment of time and money because it was, it was a, it was a significant amount of money I invested in getting help, getting coached, getting mentored. And I believe in that, you know, I do because it fast forwarded my results. It helped me change my life even quicker. I mean, I could have kept doing it on my own the way I was doing it. But I'd still be struggling in a couple areas. I know for a fact I would be. Yeah. And uh, especially like even with my business development. AJ, we were talking about this. You have someone helping you with your business. You have a business coach. Absolutely. I have a business coach. Yeah. Uh, even though a lot of my conversations with my business coach often would relate to personal things too, because we work in lifestyle businesses. We're, we're in the business of, of creating a, li- a, a, a life that's supported by a business that we're passionate about. And, mm. and so it's, it's a really unique combination. That's why I call what we do lifestyle businesses, you know? And, uh, but I knew there were certain things, certain levels I wanted to achieve. And I thought, well, the fastest way for me to do this is just to work with someone that's already achieved the results I want to achieve. Bottom line, you know? And so I, I hired him. It was the scariest moment. Like if I relate this to, to business, you know, I, I, I made an investment of 30,000 US. And to me at that time, it was the biggest investment I've ever made in myself in one go. And because uh, I, I recognize it's an investment in me. Like, sure, I'm hiring them for their time and their expertise and their knowledge, their wisdom. But I was saying to myself, I'm worth it. And I believe in me. Like, that's what it came down to. Uh, and it scared me a lot, man. I remember my wife, she was in the other room and I had this call with a guy, like we're having a call now and I made the commitment. I was like, she, I had it on so she could hear the speaker. I could hear my conversation. And, uh, and then he asked for me to make a commitment. And I was like, hey, you know what? Yeah, this feels right. I want to do this. And uh, I remember hanging up and going in and talk to my wife and I was like pale white. <laughs> you know, I live in Bali. To go white in Bali, you got to really be feeling pretty sick. <laughs> I had all the blood rushing from my head. I was just like, I do this is like our savings am I crazy or am I crazy and uh she's like I believe in you I know that if you trust your gut and trust your instinct I know like she saw in me what I couldn't see in myself or at least I I was not seen in myself mm-hmm. and uh fortunately for me the coach saw that too and you know I made my money back within three months even though I committed that 30 grams for a year of coaching I made it back in three months and, and then I made a, a, a multiple of that within the 12 months that I worked with them. So uh, I, I believe in it. But again, is because I ended up believing in myself, right? And uh, so when we're talking about physical changes, we're talking about mental changes, financial changes, I, I'm a big believer in coaching and mentorship. Find somebody, find someone that's getting the results that you wanna get and find out what you need to do to get around them more. What do you need to do to get them to help you? And uh, just make that investment in yourself. Because I mean, there's a whole scope of the rest of my life it was pennies. Do you know what I mean? When I amortized that investment of, of time and money over the rest of my life, it was nothing. Yet it fast forwarded me probably four years, I would guess, in, in just knowledge and experience. You know, four years you know, of, of stuff I don't have to keep making mistakes and trying to do. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but four years of my life, I want those four years to enjoy doing the things that I like to do, not to keep failing and trying again, failing and trying again. Like, so uh, that's the big thing. I think if there's one thing to take away from this call today, it's like, hey, figure out who can, who's around you that can help you and go connect with them and, and just change, make it happen. Like, gosh, what else do you have to lose? Nothing, but you got everything to gain. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. That's super valuable. That's, yeah, super valuable. Maybe think, maybe think, maybe, maybe pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I know. That's, that's just me though. You know, like I, 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 you know, obviously I'm a coach and a mentor. That's one of my businesses, but uh, I got other businesses too, but I, I really love those conversations. You know, like yeah. it's, it's neat to see other people just actually doing something to change, but more than that, they're excited about it. 
you know, right. like that, I think that is the big thing. People get excited, you know, like when you start with a new client, you're like, they're fired up, they're excited. They're like, they can see the possibility in front of them because they know they've made an investment in themselves and they've hired someone that's already achieved what they want to achieve. And now it's like, okay, tell me what to do. I trust the process. I trust you. Let's make this happen. And then boom, you go and you do it. You know, it's just like, whoa, man. Like I just get so fired up with this stuff. I'm like, I need to go, go to the gym now. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's, that's a good way to, a good way to end it. Uh, to the gym, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so thanks, Doc. Thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for all the valuable lessons that we received today. And hey, uh, more to come. And your podcast is coming up soon as well. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk because I'm going to get you on my podcast. So that'd be Absolutely. cool. But yeah, I have a podcast in design. And uh, the first few episodes are actually just me narrating my book. I decided I didn't want to record my audiobook, I want to just give it away. Mm. And uh, so I, I've just finished recording that. So this fall it's coming out and I'm going to be interviewing cool people like you. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really stoked on that. That's coming. But otherwise, people can reach out to me anytime. I'm really easy to find. If you spell my name right, Diamond Well, uh, you can find me on every social platform because it's so unique. I'm the only one with it. It's pretty cool. I like it. So if you can type in my name, you'll find me. I own Google you know, for, for my name, if you spell it right, because I've been making content online for 11 years. So it's gotten me a little bit of real estate and clout online. So uh, if you have a question, you have a conversation starter, uh, fire it my way. I'd love to hear what your questions are that you ask yourself. I mean, I, I'd really be curious to hear what people have to say. I've been uh, started a book actually about questions we ask and the questions that define us or change us. And uh, so uh, that, that's in the works right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear your questions. Share them with me. That's nice. He's going to put it in his book. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good talking to you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Likewise, AJ. All right. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening in. You can find the show notes and resources at thrivingwellness.co slash podcast. We encourage you to share your biggest takeaways with us on social media and share the show with your friends and family. If you found this episode valuable, leave us a five-star review. Your feedback helps to support us on our mission to positively impact as many people as we can with this information. Join us for our next episodes where we will be interviewing leading wellness professionals to inspire you in your health journey. Until next time.